From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Thursday the 1st of December 2022. Good afternoon. In today's Spotlight story, we run through everything that's happening in politics in December. There are more things happening around the world right now though, so we'll run through three of today's other important stories, and in our exclusive Nebula section, we get the team on set and talk about Spotify Unwrapped. For some reason. But first, what on earth is happening this month? As it's the beginning of December, we thought we'd look at the month ahead and go through some of the political events, mostly elections, that are due to happen. On Tuesday the 6th of December, we're back in the United States when voters in the state of Georgia will vote in a runoff election for the US Senate. Now, the midterm elections happened almost a month ago and control of the House of Representatives and the Senate has already been decided, with the Republican Party taking control of the House and the Democrats maintaining control of the Senate. But whilst political control is not hanging in the balance, a win for the incumbent Democrat, Senator Raphael Warnock, would cap off a surprisingly good set of results for the Democrats after already flipping Pennsylvania blue. And it would make their life just that bit easier as they'd hold 51 seats rather than 50, in the 100 seat upper chamber. Meanwhile, a win for the Republican candidate, former NFL player Herschel Walker, would at least give Senate Republicans something to cheer about after failing to make any gains last month. Also on the 6th of December is a snap general election in Dominica, the small Caribbean island nation. Realistically, this election is unlikely to get much international attention, but it is proving controversial in Dominica. The country's main opposition parties are boycotting the election over Prime Minister Roosevelt Skerritt's failure to enact electoral reform ahead of the vote. Only the brand new Team Unity Dominica Party is running candidates against the incumbent Dominica Labour Party. Just over a week later, on the 14th of December, the Pacific Island nation of Fiji will hold its general election. Then, on the 17th of December, Ireland will get a new Taoiseach, which basically means Prime Minister. Deputy Prime Minister Leo Varadkar, who previously served as Prime Minister between 2017 and 2020, will replace current Prime Minister Michal Martin as part of a rotation agreement made in 2020 when their traditional rival parties, Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil, formed a grand coalition, along with the smaller Green Party. The 17th of December will also see a parliamentary election in Tunisia, which has been in political crisis for more than a year now. In July 2021, Tunisia's President Saeed carried out what has been described as a self-coup by dismissing the government and freezing parliament. He has effectively been running a decree since then and introduced a new constitution that greatly expanded the powers of the president. It was approved in a referendum by 94% of voters amid a boycott by the National Salvation Front, a coalition of many of Tunisia's largest political parties. This month's legislative election will elect a new parliament to replace the one dissolved by President Saeed and will be held on the basis of a new electoral law. As such, the National Salvation Front is boycotting the election. Then finally, on the 18th of December, there's a not strictly political but certainly global event happening, and that's the final of the Football World Cup, which coincides with Qatar's National Day. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on in the world, so here's a rundown of three other stories. 
It's been announced by ISIS today that their leader, Abu Hassan al-Hashimi al-Karashi, has been killed in battle. The terror group didn't elaborate any further about the circumstances around his death. They did, though, name the new leader, Abu al-Hussein al-Husseini al-Karashi. The US military did shine some light on the situation, though, claiming that the former leader was killed back in October. Reuters went further, claiming that he had blown himself up with a suicide belt after he and his aides were surrounded by local fighters in the town of Jassen. The US claimed that the operation was conducted by the Free Syrian Army and that our partners remain focused on the enduring defeat of ISIS. The head of the US National Security Council, John Kirby, said, We welcome the announcement that another leader of IS is no longer walking the face of the earth. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. For the first time in nearly two decades, the Democratic Party in the US House of Representatives will get a new leader, after House Democrats elected New York Congressman Hakeem Jeffries to replace Nancy Pelosi. Pelosi is stepping back as Democrats go from majority to the minority in the House following the midterm elections. Jeffries will become the first black American to lead a major political party in Congress when the new Congress is sworn in in January. Jeffries expressed confidence, saying, There's nothing more unifying than being in the minority, with the goal of getting back into the majority. The election of a new leadership team marks a clear transition from one generation to another, as three octogenarians who reigned over the party for a generation step back. 82-year-old Nancy Pelosi will be replaced by 52-year-old Jeffries. 82-year-old Jim Clyburn will be replaced by 59-year-old Catherine Clark in the number two position. And 83-year-old Steny Hoyer by 43-year-old Pete Aguilar in the number three position. Meanwhile, Republican House leader Kevin McCarthy will likely be the next Speaker of the House, albeit with a narrow Republican majority. The Republicans' worse-than-expected showing at the midterm elections and general rightward pull of the party means that his path to the speakership could be derailed by the more extreme Freedom Caucus wing of the party. Security is being beefed up at public and diplomatic buildings in Spain after a spate of letter bombs, including one sent to the country's Prime Minister, Pedro Sanchez, last week and another targeting the Ukrainian embassy, where a member of staff suffered minor injuries yesterday. The package targeting the Ukrainian embassy was the first to be reported on and prompted Ukraine to step up security at its embassies. Police are now investigating four similar packages. The one sent to the Prime Minister arrived at his office on November the 24th and was identified as suspicious by security staff, after which it was destroyed in a controlled explosion. An Air Force base near Madrid, the Defence Ministry and a Spanish arms company were all also targeted with apparent letter bombs that were detected before damage could be done. Spain's Interior Ministry said the various envelopes were similar in their characteristics and content. Spain's National Court, which investigates terrorism, has opened an investigation. In the final uplifting story today, we discuss the Toys for Tickets campaign being used in Kingston, Ontario. This campaign has run since the 1st of November and will finish on the 3rd of December. In essence, it allows motorists who have received a parking fine to, instead, donate a toy of equivalent value. A receipt will be needed to demonstrate that the toy is of equivalent value to the ticket itself. The toys will then be donated to children in Limeston City. This scheme has been running since 2005 and has seen more than 3,600 toys donated. 
That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see our discussion about what's in our Spotify wrapped, one word to describe Chugi. Chugi. This doesn't represent me. Who are you? <laughs> I don't know who he is. I, I'm not. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> then watch the extended ad-free edition of the Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day. Available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive daily briefing every day, you'll want to sign up. And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the best documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than $15 a year and support the channel.